every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, a ministry of 1-8 Catalyst, where we are pursuing the completion of the Great Commission worldwide. To learn more about our work or to listen to previous episodes, please visit our website at 1-8, spelled out in word form, catalyst.org. That's 1-8-catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I'm Mike Falkenstein, and here again with uh, my co-host, Ken Watmore. And uh, Ken, we've had a little break to the podcast, but I'm excited to be back. Yeah, for sure. It has been a little while, but I think with probably plenty of good reason, maybe not that we expected, but That's right. here you're in a new facility, you've That's got right. big things happening, mm-hmm. and... Uh, yeah, I think it's all in God's timing. It's going well. Yeah, so we have had a little break, so of course we wanted to address that. So we, can you remember when we were doing the podcast before, it really kind of just started kind of under a website that I had started that was just kind of the MikeFalkenstein.com website, and that was kind of the beginning of kind of what now we have with 1-8 Catalyst, and really the change was that we began kind of this pursuing the completion of the Great Commission under kind of my own website, and then God continued to add then some projects overseas, and then we kind of just combined all that together under the new 1-8 Catalyst. So really now this podcast will become a ministry of 1-8 Catalyst. So if you want to catch up on old episodes, of course, you can go to the 1-8Catalyst.org website. And, um, you know, I do think, Ken, too, I've seen other podcasts that I've kept track of. It's hard to maintain episode after episode. So sometimes, you know, these podcasts kind of take a break and uh, hopefully now we're back on track and uh, ready to give it another run. So I'm really excited. And in this episode, that's a good follow-up. In this episode, what I thought we could do, Ken, is just talk about, you know, where we've kind of landed with our ministry and 1-8 Catalyst and kind of what we're doing. And so how does that sound to you? Yeah, I think that's great. I think there's uh, obviously you knew I think that God was giving you the direction that he wanted you to move with this, but I think now there's more of a clear path mm-hmm. and there's a fire there that's pretty cool. And um, yeah, let's talk about w- what's going on with the ministry and and maybe what's on, on deck. Yeah, that's great. And so we, um, for those of you who have been keeping track of what we're doing, you know, we've kind of catalyzed around a a central mission statement. So the mission statement really has two parts, that we exist to mobilize and equip Christians towards Great Commission fulfillment seeing God use us uh, globally to finish the task of the Great Commission. So obviously, Ken, right off the bat, you see you know, when, you, when you have the words Great Commission in your mission statement twice, you know, obviously that's going to be a focus. <laughs> yeah, right. For right. Sure. So I've had some friends who are now kind of counseling me in kind of next steps. And what they've said is really drill down on exactly kind of what the ministry does and because even under that mission statement, you know, there still could be a lot of ways that we accomplish it. So kind of the next level that we've drilled down is what we're calling, you know, that we're really pursuing Great Commission fulfillment worldwide. So that comes from actually some of what we'll talk about in the next episode 
just the immense need for Great Commission work around the world, right? Some 40-some percent of the world's population still unreached or unengaged. And so then our task as the staff and the board is to say, okay, Lord, what is it exactly that you want to do? So there are really two parts to that. One is kind of a domestic part of our ministry, and one has an international piece. And the domestic part is really making in our churches Great Commission fulfillment normal, and you mm-hmm. and I have kind of been kind of around that topic yeah, quite a for bit, sure. right? But and that really starts with just you know maybe just being good at reaching the people closest to you, right, right, right around you. And so we're beginning to drill down, and so we're really kind of saying, okay, it is serving the church. It is you know finding out what the church does well in America and where we may be able to come in and help. So there's maybe some workshops and seminars, and because it is true that in a, in a lot of our churches. That last piece of making the Great Commission fulfillment normal right. is kind of what's missing. No, no, no disrespect to, to churches because we want to come alongside and help and serve. But sure. there are parts in ministry generally. I know you've seen this where one group does something well, the other group does something else well, and we're saying how can we come together and yeah. make a complete picture. Yeah, for sure. I think there's plenty of uh, again. Keep the main thing the main thing and in what you're doing right and that's let's go make sure that we're sharing christ sharing the gospel and making disciples right so that's part of that big picture initiative and i do think that we've again we've talked about it enough times in previous episodes but you know there are still plenty of churches that are focused on a lot of great things, but sometimes sharing the gospel is not their main focus. That's right. It's str- strange to me still because we're, we're blessed yeah. to have great churches. I've shared several times about my church that I think is just, they're just unbelievable and they're driven by sharing Christ. But I do see plenty of places where that's not the main thing. And yeah, that's right. I, I do th- I think there needs to be a change agent there. <laughs> maybe that's partly what 1-8 Catalyst is for. Yeah, um, I hope so. Yeah. Maybe that's what the delay and the build up for this new launch is. Yeah. And so, you know, a few days ago, we had a, what we call the ministry leaders lunch here at our new office. And kind of the the question is, how can we serve you? And so there were a lot of parachurch and and church leaders there. And the idea was, how could we serve you in this area? So it's been fun now to be a drill down kind of the next level and ask ask those specific questions, right? And it's clear, actually, that a lot of church staffs, it seems like, are talking about this question, right? They're saying, okay, how can we get all of our people to know how to share their testimony and share the gospel and have an outward focus? And there are a couple of things that are happening. One, churches are already, church staffs are already busy maintaining current projects, which is at least in part what they were hired to do. So they're right. doing their job, right? There's no problem with that. It's more than the, okay, how do we add that last, it's really kind of this last piece of taking all of these projects and making them then gospel-driven things. So that's really for our job now at this point is to just really drill down on what can we provide, just having the background with the navigators and discipleship and some teaching, what courses would really be best and coming alongside churches and say, hey, can we provide this course for you at no cost to serve you to then provide hopefully that kind of that last piece. And so that's been really, really fun. So anyone listening, we'd love to hear from you about, again, we're just in that 
information gathering stage. So we'd love to hear from you about that if you have any ideas about that at all. And then, Ken, with the other side of our ministry, what we call completing the task of the Great Commission worldwide, right? So we've got some international projects, primarily at this point, Bible translation and theological training. And um, in China, which is where kind of our ministry heritage has been. And I just can't tell you how exciting it's been to be involved. I mean, you've been reading the newsletters and Mm -hmm. keeping up with us. And A, just that God would give us these projects in the first place is amazing Yeah, because we're fairly new at this. And so coming alongside a a project uh, or a, a, a team like the Wycliffe team has just been really fantastic. So we're learning a lot. We've got our first projects with this people group called the Tiang People, which are, it's about 250,000 people in Sichuan province, got two of the three translation teams started. And so we're really excited about that. And then three other projects that were kind of doing this initial research. And as you and I have talked about before, Ken, really, I mean, it's amazing to think about, okay, you've got a people group with no Bible. Mm -hmm. Well, how are you going to do I mean, there may be some things you can do, but there's very little ministry that can be done. Like, hey, give me at least the book of John, or yeah. give me just Luke, or some way just to tell these people the stories of who Jesus was. And, you know, yeah. so it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I know at one point you had talked about some projects that you had coming up. And are you still, I wanted to ask you, are you still doing things besides just the Bible translation overseas? Like you guys used to be involved in church building and stuff like that. And I wanted to update people. I think we talked about a while, a while back, but you know, you guys had been in the church, church planning, church building business in China. I don't say business the same way, but, but at some point, I think you said that you've, you've kind of maximized the efforts there and there's people there on the ground doing that now. So So, are you guys still in that mix at all? Yeah. Thanks for the, (laughs) the suggestion. So previously we were doing two projects. One, what you mentioned, this church building, we've since turned that over to some local Chinese folks, uh, particularly these urban Christians, really, quite frankly, because that project really is one where we're just, we're, we're raising the money and then providing some technical sort of support in just making sure the church was built yeah. to certain code or certain standards. You know, one of the guys now involved in China, a Chinese Christian, he's an architect, so he understands, you know, right. <laughs> church building, probably or building buildings in China probably better than we ever would. And the story about the urban church in China is that they've got the funds. I mean, they're, yeah. they're driving up to their churches and BMWs and Audis and, you know, so oh, wow. anytime we can say, hey, local church. Take over. Yeah, you take this over. Yeah. And it's really turned out they've done it a lot better than, you know, we ever could. And so that's fun. Now, the the Bible distribution we were doing, the reason that we're doing less of it is really just simply because it, we ran across other ministries that were doing it. We actually trained two other ministries how to do it. One of those now has a whole relationship with the Gideons and they've, they're at one time, they were distributing up to 10,000 Bibles a week in rural oh, wow. China. Yeah. So we were beginning to find just a harder time finding places to do the places that needed Bibles. Right, right. So that'll be something that'd be kind of a fun, like once a year kind of a thing, because it's a really cool ministry. They're still technically a need, although the need has been reduced. And it's a really cool thing for people that want to come to China and participate in a project and yeah. kind of keep up with what we're doing. So what we've said is kind of every 
kind of early November-ish, late October, you know, that'll be mm-hmm. a really fun thing to do just once a year. Yeah, that'd and be so, awesome. Yeah, so we'll continue to do that. And then with our international projects, you and I were just sitting here talking. If you even, I think if you still go to our website, we have something about North Korea. Right. Uh, we've got something, you know, it's in our brochure that, that we printed a year and a half ago or right, whatever. Right. And so the update on that is simply that the, you know, if you keep up with current events and, you know, you and I were just talking about kind of the current events of what's happening in North Korea, the situation has changed. Like it was already kind of a somewhat dangerous place to go. Right. Now it's gotten to be, well, for an American, you technically legally can't even travel there, right? So President Trump has said, you know, he's not allowing, you know, Americans to travel there. So the university that we were going to serve, this Pyongyang University of Science and Technology, A, we can't even go there. B, they've kind of shut down their recruiting process. So we were going to help recruit some people to go and serve there. And so that that door for now is closed. So as you and I were talking, I think the real real message would be it's just a prayer ministry at this point, yeah. right? And, yeah, yeah, and we should be calling out now for everybody to be praying for Definitely. North Korea, for for ministry to happen there, but for uh, not just for ministry to happen there, but for something to happen now. We're at a place where really bad things could happen really quick mm-hmm. um, and wipe out millions of people. And I know at one point, I think you talked in your newsletter, yeah, 47,000 people die every day beyond the reach of the gospel. Yeah, that's right. So that's 47,000 people a day in a nuclear situation that literally, I mean, I feel like it's something I, I didn't think we would say is maybe a reality just even months ago, but now it really is a reality that millions of people could die in a day. Yes, that's right. In a, in a moment. And it's gotten to that situation and, um, for sure. You know, and, and, and so. how many of them, probably a vast majority in that country, don't know Jesus. That's right. And uh, yeah, so I just think it's important that we uh, we ask all of you who are listening to pray. Um, definitely be praying for North Korea because yeah. even the humanitarian workers who have been there, they're all leaving. Yeah, these people who were really, I mean, Christian humanitarian workers that were bringing the gospel. Yeah, and so you look at, I mean, we're as a ministry, we've always been kind of very creative about being able to go into what other people would see as difficult situations. And Mm -hmm. so that's at least kind of part of our niche, right? So other people go, man, I just would never go to China. Like, well, not only we go there, but we, you know, we we know a lot of government leaders and that's worked out really well for us and befriended them. And so that was kind of the idea. Could we do that same kind of thing in North Korea? And just literally, I mean, it's just... In essence, nothing we can do. So at that point, you go, yeah, but the North Koreans still need Jesus. God still loves them. And so it's a matter of praying. And I guess, Ken, what I've already been praying about is with all of this escalation of the tensions that, yeah, that somehow the leader of North Korea, this Kim Jong-un, would be removed somehow, right? And that there'd be a different government situation that would allow. Because, you know, in China, they still really don't, they don't really particularly like Christian workers coming in, right? but they allow them to come. And as long as you're not causing too much trouble there and saying bad things about the government or, yeah. you know, inciting some kind of riot kind of situations, they'll allow you to come. So that's even something we can work with. Yeah, for sure. You know, if there was a situation like that in North Korea, we can work with that. And so the kind of where we were going with this, long story short, not only was the the university, but then also China and uh, North Korea share a border. 
So there are a lot of churches, Chinese churches along that border that are preparing to come into North Korea. These are Chinese who speak Korean. And so being able to sort of serve them. So, you know, we can continue to do some of that, right? And and kind of preparation for what might happen. But yeah, the situation now is looking pretty bleak, at least at this point. So the it would just be a call of prayer, so for yeah. sure. And then really the final piece, Ken, is something that we've done a little bit before, and we're um, going to take a little bit of different tack to it. So if you go back to kind of our our purpose, which is you know this pursuing of the completion of the Great Commission worldwide, I think a very strategic opportunity that we have is training Chinese Christian leaders to begin to prepare to become kind of their own missionary sending agencies. So, yeah, for sure. you know, if you look at a map, a world map, <laughs> and what we're finding is those Chinese missionaries already that are going into the Middle East, for example, are much better received than we as Anglo yeah. Americans are. And so, boy, and our ministry here is already in China. We have a lot of connections there. <laughs> and so we're asking them again, how can we what course material do you need to prepare yourself to for them to go over to other countries? And boy, if they're better received, I don't know why we would be putting the effort into sending more Anglo people there when the Chinese are willing and able and better received. So we're working together with the Dallas Theological Seminary on that, and that's been really fun. So a lot of really exciting stuff. As you see in our latest newsletter, we've just hi- recently hired uh, some administrative help. We hope to hire a few other people because when thinking for those that have kept track of our ministry over the years. I mean, you even know this in your own business, right? People who are small business people know that one person can, I mean, you can get get some stuff done. I mean, if I I have my full time to do this, that's good. But boy, once you begin adding even a staff member or two or three, well, that work product begins to triple or quadruple. (laughs) And then off the original person, I'm not having to do everything. Right. So I've already found it's like, wow. Some of these administrative things to offload onto our new staff member, Amy, yeah, is incredible. That's such a blessing. Yeah, I know you've seen that in your own your sure. own work. Oh yeah, well, yeah. And we were just talking about that. Some even new things that are happening in my business where you just go, man, yeah, another person would be yeah. <laughs> such a relief. Yeah, there's a lot we could say about that. But for either the small, I guess I would encourage the small ministry leaders who are watching just to there's any way, even on a volunteer basis or any way you could begin to hire some, particularly administrative, because us folks who are leading ministries or starting ministries tend to be kind of the out with people, pioneering kind of, you know, yeah, for <laughs> people. Sure. And that nitty gritty detail of the administrative stuff is tends to be hard. Right. And so it does turn out, I'll be interested to find out myself to speak on this better, but certainly, you know, once you begin having that administrative help, just the work product that increases the, I think then donor income increases because now you're actually caring for your donors better and you're getting them the material they need rather than me just mm. trying to do it and on and do all the fundraising and all the everything else. And so, yeah. Ken, in terms of the ministry, what final thoughts do you have? Well, one thing I would lo- want to make a point of is that if people who are listening that aren't getting the newsletter or getting, it's, it comes via email. Uh, and I think that everybody should try and get on your 
subscribe list, which I think they can do through the website. Yeah, that's right. And, um, I, you know, I think can. it's really important. This is a great time to, if you're not following along, to start following along. And uh, I, I feel like there'll be opportunities for people to get more and more involved. I mean, obviously, I'm just asking out there for people, if you can get financially involved to do it. I know you're not, that's not why we're doing the podcast. Yeah, right. But, um, but as a guest or a co-host, I would say, and I don't work for the ministry, so I'm asking you this as a, just <laughs> as a guy, support the ministry. This is a good time for that. And follow along, because I think there'll be more and more opportunities for ways to get involved and do things like actually, you know, get the hands to the plow sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that that's going to be happening. So for all the stuff that's going on with your ministry, I just would encourage people to, if they're looking for a place to focus, I don't know that there's a better place than pursuing the idea of making sure everybody knows Christ, right? Yeah, right. That's our number one, should be our number one goal as Christians. So, you know, I would encourage people to be more involved, follow along better. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Ken. And it is true. You can go to our website at one acat Catalyst.org and follow us via the e-newsletter, which yeah is a good way to do that. We're we're tweaking some things, including our social media presence. So go to Facebook and Instagram in particular and, and look us up on there and you can find us and follow us. And there are now with a lot of the technology pieces that uh, with for ministries to be able to use way better ways to keep up with people sure. and uh, for people to keep up with us. So thanks everyone. We sure appreciate you all. Appreciate your heart for what we're doing and for our podcast. If you're just coming into it, into the podcast, you know, we do have 64 episodes that we did before. So right. there's a lot of following you can do on iTunes and get caught up. And actually part of the getting out of this break that was encouraging to me, by the way, it was just a few people that emailed and said, hey, we're looking forward to hearing the, you know, the next episodes. And so there are some people out there that are following us. And so yeah. that's always fun to know, too. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we will look forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.